Yeah, so welcome to the Flogcast for round 13. Fifey joined by Paddle Pop, hey. Duckula. G'day, gents. And the Cat Wrangler. So, yeah, we've got our first bit of... We've got our music for the first time, intro music. So what do we reckon of that, guys? You don't want me to say hello, Fifey. Oh, <laughs> Listen, I just want everyone to know on the Flogcast right from the get-go, someone's on the shit list tonight because they told me the result of the Australian football match tonight before the game ended. And he's blanked me in the intro, not mentioning any names, Fifey. Double shit list. Well, that's as good a segue as any to talk about the soccer because I think most of us watched it. Happy to um, be in Brazil, but um, the simulation from the Iraqi players was actually really, really annoying. But I'm just happy to be in the World Cup, hoping to go to Brazil next year. There was a lot of simulation, actually, paddles. Um, I was quite surprised I didn't see Lindsay Thomas. Thomas pull on a rig for the uh, Iraqi team. They were going down so regularly. Yeah, it was good to see them get through and Didac will be off there next year, gun in hand to Rio. <laughs> Looking at last week's games, there was one obvious standout, Carlton Hawthorne. Couldn't believe the amount of tears from the Carlton fans over what really were, as was adjudicated by the uh, match review panel, two pretty nothing events. I mean, I'm really sorry that Murphy got injured, but he's more of an outside mid and probably should stick to that. The worst thing to come out of Murphy's injuries, though, is that he's going to have to lay off those pink sticky buns from Bags delight for a little while. Everyone bags the match review panel. I think that was a massive, massive tick for them this week in Hodge not getting side on either. Personally, I thought both were legitimate. I don't think anyone cares except for Geelong supporters. Clearly a lot of disappointment from uh, the Geelong crew, without a doubt. I think they're all secretly hoping that Hodge would miss the game against the Cats. I think there's a little bit of fear. The umpiring in that game, the Carlton supporters were frothing at the mouths after that. I thought that they were playing close to the edge of the Blues. They were really trying to play contested hard footy. Hawthorne then sort of changed gear into that mode of that real sort of grinding football, uh, really physical football. And, and I think the Blues sort of lost their heads a bit, especially Jared Waite started making lots of late hits. And the umpires, when you start doing that, they start giving freeze away and then it flows on and the Blues were their own worst enemy. And I, I really feel for them because I've been on the receiving end at Hawthorne of, you know, long strings of freeze even against the Cats, so I feel for him, but that's just the way it is. It's not a conspiracy. I, Put the team out. Being killer territory, eh? The way the Carlton supporters were going on about it, you'd think that the umpires mistook them for St Kilda last week. St Kilda had the buy, so they had to get outlet for something, didn't they? Pluggers ride on the moral victory bandwagon, and Carlton and St Kilda are basically brothers now, and it's not <laughs> just in their off-field brothers activities. Brothers in scum. The Cat Wrangler's comment about way earlier about how he started getting frustrated, so he started trying to snipe people. It had nothing to do with the way the umpires were going. It's just the longer he's on the field, the closer he is to hitting someone that's just standard for him he's a minutes away from a meltdown look it was a really good game of footy you know I was highly amused that the Blues couldn't do it for Juddy you know old chicken wings it was a good game from a neutrals perspective yeah, it was agree an exciting with game to watch the most amazing thing I've noticed this in the commentary I don't know if anyone else did but Bruce McAvaney making a comment about how proud Oscar Judd would be of his dad the way he's he played like, he's what 13 months old can't Can even experience pride yet big mould house yeah. is that the meltdown of all meltdowns that's fantastic and I hope they don't find him because if they find him, he may not do it again. And that was great television. It was the cherry on top of a good night of football. Watching Carlton lose and then watching him have a win, like a whinge afterwards was fantastic. He's been bottling that up for years, his whole little gruff attitude to the media. And it just broke on front of everything he's always wanted to explicitly say. And he came out and said it. And I felt bad for Richo because Richo's a pretty decent bloke as well, you know, and kind of sat there and took it like a professional does. And Richo has taken it a few times, let's be honest. I still felt bad for him, you know, just had to 
sit there oh, and put up with it. I heard that Richo had a flashback to Alex Rance's party. He was taking it so hard for Mick. I only have one word for Mick, guys, and that is uh, senility. I was going to say cantankerous. Old man yells at Cloud. Shaking his fists at kids <laughs> that are walking on his lawn. You know? <laughs> what are we going to do about the kids skateboarding on the footpath? Is this the way to country kitchen buffet? Yeah. Is this all you can eat Tuesdays? Yeah, I thought Mick was a bit sad, to be honest. But I'm with you, Fife. You don't find Mick. That was awesome. I actually think he might have even outscotted Brad. Yeah, Brad's winch is all passive-aggressive, though, aren't they? Just True. sits there and bottom lip just trembles whilst he speaks. Malthouse's meltdown's got us thinking, you know, there's been some pretty impressive meltdowns, and we thought Malthouse's was pretty good. And here are five meltdowns we thought were even less expansive than Mix. Number five is any day ending with a Y for Teffy. Groundhog Day, is it? Number four? Charlie Sheen. Number three? Chernobyl. Number two? When it gets wet, he melted like the witch in Wizard of Oz. It's Brad Scott. And number one? And when I awoke, Chitoublu was dead. Chitashtis was red. And so I hit create. You know it's true, Norwegian blue. <laughs> One thing we didn't touch on, though, was colourblind Mick Malthouse as well. Oh, yes, with the Hawthorne trainer. Did yeah. he lose his glasses in the box again, did he, you reckon? And he got confused about the colours that he was seeing out in the field. I reckon we'd better throw that to our resident jumper expert, boys. Paddles, what do you think about the Carlton Hawthorne jumper fiasco? According to Carlton fans, brown and uh, navy blue doesn't clash at all. And not to mention that the fact that the Hawthorne runner and the Carlton jumper both had different sponsors on the front. One was a shirt and... <laughs> one was a singlet so by Carlton logic the Carlton players should have got their eyes checked and so should have uh, Mick Malthouse yeah I think that's just a cop out because if you look at one of those ones on the video or the gif that's got doing the rounds that was not Kane Lucas kicking to the runner that was Kane Lucas missing a target the, really the that's Heath... more likely than him kicking to the runner uh, even the Heath Scotland <laughs> one as well uh, I love the apparently he was calling for the ball and there's just there's no proof of this like you know <laughs> I, I want to see him calling for the ball just so I can say okay what a cockhead but they no, didn't do it no, but it is very hypocritical of Carlton fans to complain about this when they have continually told me to get my eye checked every time when I've said that Carlton should wear their flash jumper against us. I've got to say though, guys, that, you know, the Malthouse meltdown. Right on the back of that, we had returned another Malthouse meltdown because the big news is that Milne's been fingered for four counts of rape. <laughs> yeah, Milne's a sensitive issue. I just think it's interesting the timing of it cropping up in that the last two weeks he's come out strongly against the Busey cops and now this has happened. So yeah, I just thought is... that was worth making note of. Well, if Mil- Milne really wants to get off, his best chances are probably just saying that he wants to be a fireman. I don't think there's any chance that the uh, Hawthorne players' jumpers are going to magically turn blue any time in the next 10 years, so he, he better go for the refund on the Milne fine. If he gets done for the Hawthorne one, he's, he's not getting that back. One other thing I wanted to mention, is Josh Bootsman now the worst footballer in the AFL getting a regular game? The albino version of Zach Dawson? Yes, he is disgraceful. I can't believe he was manned up on Gunston. That just baffled me. I just don't understand who he would line up on being on in a, te- in a team at the moment. He needs to put on some weight and get some skills. You play loose, man, though. They line up to play that role at Carlton. There's already 20, 21 of them on the team already, you know, so... They, they did free up some room by dropping Yaron, though. He seriously does have this look of fear on his face out there, like, total fear. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's just... got the fear in the headlights going on when he plays. He does. He reminds me of Zach Dawson. Like, he's got this little afro, and you know, he's too skinny, and you just know that some big guy down at Collingwood's gonna kick eight goals on him He, he reminds now. me of Hawthorne Zach Dawson, where he was just dominated week after week and yep. he, just, he never looked comfortable in the position. I mean, 
mean, Dawson nowadays is a little bit different. He's got a personnel around him and the game plan works more to his weaknesses or strengths, however you want to put it. But the, in the old days, he was pretty similar to Boots. Right? Funny that you should mention uh, Fifey shit players. He is absolute rubbish. And we've prepared here the anti-team of the year, the Bay 13 shit kickers. And Bootsma's in that team at full back. And he's got on one side his Carlton teammate, Chris Yaron, who's been pathetic this year. And on the other pocket, Luke Tapscott, who's played about 10 games and barely touched it. And then on the half-back line, we've got Taylor Hines, Tantaro Halpin, and on the other flank, the king of the intercept, Jack Watts. Centre line, Rowan Bale, again from the Demons. They've been horrific all year, so you'd expect they'd have a big showing. Uh, Reese Palmer and the Eagles, with all apologies to Golden Duckula. Gaff, the half-forward, Aaron Davey, uh, Quinton Lynch, and Mitch Morton. Another another uh, Richmond old boy there. At the full-forward line, we've got Milne, Ty Vickery, and the ultimate in shit forward pockets, Robin Nahas. Any arguments there, boys? Sandy doesn't like your selection of Vickery. Ruck, this man demanded to be picked. There was a big line under his name, Magic Door in the Ruck. Andrew Raines is the Ruck Rover and Brad Dale's Eel. I wish I could go into bat for him, but I just can't. It's the one trade that Crazy Vossy won, and look, he can have it. Good for him. I feel the same about Nahas. The bench, Collingwood, Ruck Imposter, Jared F. Wicks. <laughs> of course, we couldn't leave out Thurlow and Mackey on the bench. The sub, and look, we needed to go for someone who can play bad anywhere. The utility of bad, Blycavs. Apologies to Cozzy and Tambling, just couldn't get up enough games to make it this year. It's a shame. Of course, there was a coach. Initially, we had Mark Neild chosen there, but he's been sacked, so we had to go with uh, Brad Scott, King of the Winch, the captain of the All-Australian team of shit kickers, Jack Watts. The captain is like the captaincy. Richmond versus Adelaide, I saw that. It's quite amusing early on. There was about three deliberate out-of-bounds paid in the first quarter and a half, and the first two went Adelaide's way, and the crowd got a bit rowdy because the second one was a little bit sus. And saw one go out-of-bounds, genuine crowd-free kick with the Richmond supporters calling for it. And you don't see that much. You see it at suburban footy with inexperienced umpires. You see it at Subi a fair bit. Yeah, that's true. Mm. But that's usually a reverse psychology thing. You boo them enough, they think they're doing a shit job instead of actually <laughs> appealing for a free kick so loudly. Well, may I ask it when you were attending the, uh, the Richmond game, did you see the KSC boy? No, he's, he sits up the punt road end. I was nearly going to go the punt road end, and then it rained, so plans changed. I'm very wary of sitting up there just in case I find myself on TV and <laughs> up in the Photoshop thread. Karma will get me somehow that way. <laughs> I reckon we should all dress up in red wigs and uh, head on down to a Richmond game and bucket a KFC under the arm. I would be keen for it, though. He just seems like a real volatile subject, you know what I mean? I, I could see him, like, jumping on you and biting you for making fun of it, you know what I mean? Like, I'll just give him some KFC and it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be like those old KFC ads where the West Indian supporters are a bit rowdy, so <laughs> you cheer him to come down, you give him KFC. I, I, I was thinking, like, you know, the whole kind of link of links of sausage when you're getting chased by a dog, you know what I mean? You thro- <laughs> throw the KFC drumstick on the ground and he'll get distracted while <laughs> you escape, you know? You know, we weren't great, but those are the games we lose, so I'm a little bit confident going forward that maybe this year there's no ninth spot. Well, maybe you're building yourself nicely to get that ninth spot. Well, if we do, there's still Essendon's sanctions to be handed down, so I think we'll be all right. Default eighth, then. Best two words in the English language. Yeah, Frio Brisbane. Paddle Pop, you watched this. Oh, I had to watch an entire Fremantle game. Need I say more? I guess not. <laughs> From watching that game, I thought that was more wet weather footy watch than the uh, Richmond Adelaide game. It was just tied up, horrible stoppage, slow movement. Though, though I do like watching most AFL games that Frio are starting to push up towards Sydney uh, territory now. I think watching Frio is like waking up Monday morning when the alarm goes off for work. I don't like Mondays, and I like Ross Lyon football even less. Essendon Gold Coast. Essendon won. I think everyone's yeah. pissed off about that.
that. Yeah. Too hard to get their way with them, of course. It's still not fun to watch at the moment, although maybe it makes the fall even greater. Port GWS. Did this point because I was hoping for a GWS update. Let me just say there are not enough drugs in the world for me to smoke to sit through a game played by Port Adelaide and Greater Western Sydney. What, what about the first loss, though? What about the loss last year? That would have been worth sitting through. I sat through that. That was fun. Yeah, it was kind of anticlimactic this time. Port Adelaide's meaningless. Collingwood Bulldogs. Collingwood played a young team against the Bulldogs' young team and actually won quite well. Pendlebury and Swan. 34 times they've both collected 30 disposals or more in the same game. That's kind of impressive. And Seedsman was good again. Stobbed a goal, I think. How the dogs must wish they could have a gun youngster like a Seedsman. But yeah, Mark Neild was sacked and I feel sorry for him because that club is yeah. absolutely awful. The um, club clearly had um, problems beforehand anyway and he tried to pick it up and he couldn't do it. I feel um, kind of sorry for him because he's unemployable as an AFL coach but he was a premiership winning assistant with the scum so he could have been a decent coach just with a shit team. Last year I felt sorry for him in his first season. Then depending on how much input he had into the personnel changes over the offseason yeah. besides Daw, I think obviously I'm sorry Dawes was the was is a half decent pickup even though he was pretty average last year. At Playing better football now. Yeah definitely and he also shows you know like Clark did when he first came to the team he just shows a lot more hunger than the rest of the team does but I, then on the back of that if I start thinking about the personnel changes then I don't feel as sorry for him as I, as I probably could because there was some bad decisions made about pickups and or people coming in and the people that left and the demons they have to put that one in the file Mark Scheisenhausen right there with Tim Watson uh, Shaw and Bartlett as far as coaching genius moves go absolute stinker nothing good about it at all can't coach and obviously McClarty stepped aside or McTanky as we called him last week McTanky yeah Melbourne are in a massive overhaul but do we think the AFL are doing the right job or do you reckon the Flogcast could do it better? How do we fix Melbourne? Remove them to the VAFA. The Ammos. Yes. They play like it. Are they fixable? Is this something that can be fixed? I think it's, it honestly feels like a, a decade-long um, problem or a decade-long fix before something's going to yeah. be... They're going to be out of the water anyway. It, look, it's going to be three years of recruiting and a new game plan implemented and a new culture built and the list overhaul, the board overhaul. It just, it just seems like there's a lot to do. I think Richmond, when they bought in uh, Hardwick, there was a real sea change in culture in the way the board related to the football department and I think Melbourne is even worse. I think the way the board is so involved in what happens with the club is seems to be from an outsider and look, you know, I'm, I'm not a, an expert but just seems to be a massive problem. There's too much of the old boys there, the, the sort of, you know, gold watch brigade down at uh, Melbourne, MCC members or whatever they are and, uh, you know, a bit of that attitude and until they wipe that all out, they're going to be and shit. From what you're saying, Cat Wrangler, it's from uh, experience with Connolly and, and Schwab in Perth. Apparently, they both like sticking their nose in on you know in the in the running of, of uh, parts of the football department that they really have no place to. And mm. I think that from what like what you're saying, I think there's you know members of the board or the administration that are having too much input into what's happening with the with the actual football side of things. From what I understand, they're looking to replace McTanky with another one of their freaking gooses. Jeff Kennedy's a tool bag, but you know what? They probably be a better appointment than some of the other names that have been thrown around by Melbourne. They need to keep Jackson long term. As you mentioned with Richmond, when Hardwick got there, the change was already happening. It was when Benny Gale came in and March was a pretty good operator, but it was when Benny Gale came in, everything started to change a bit. What do you guys think about the money that the AFL is giving them? Definitely not a fan. Why I have um, nothing against, um, say, Gold Coast and GWS getting um, their concessions. It really annoys me how um, Sydney get their cola. Then um, the AFL is just going to give Melbourne money. That's... But it's not extra cap money. It's money so they don't go in debt. Gold Coast and GWS get that to start. Every it's, club's it's on just, assistance. It just seems... Uh, I know Free are on a, assistance. On Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> we, we still haven't had any hard evidence of that, but um, it's all 
hearsay and conjecture at the moment, but what I think frustrates me most is that it's just like, oh, well, you've run your organisation poorly. Here's, here's $3 million to help you get out of it, you know, and I think the other clubs that, you know, aren't in the same position, they don't get thrown that extra amount of money that, that Melbourne are getting at the moment. I find that a little bit frustrating. That being said, this is the first time it's conditional on... Oh, so that oh, it comes with... with well, uh, that was I think that was the meeting on Friday. That was why all the stuff had to happen to get the money. They had to do this, this and this. I still don't agree with it, but at least they are putting, you know, they're they not just giving them more money to run a, their club more into the ground, I guess. You know what I mean? I guess they're giving them uh, ultimatums on what they have to do to keep the money. Port had to do it a while ago too, which people forget. They got the nine million over three years and Koshy's come in and they seem to be doing okay. He seemed surprisingly a pretty astute, you know. I thought that was going to be a disaster, but he's actually doing great. So good on him. Uh, it shows what's possible when you don't around the team's identity. You don't stick around the jumper. You don't stick around the logo. You don't, don't say You don't piss off the sport. <laughs> Swear filter avoidance, you're carded. You'll have to come back next week with an Elias. But yeah, just one word. How do we fix? Or two words. How do we fix them? Clean out. Jack what? Relocation. Jackson and Kennett. A real quick mid-season review. What's everyone's highlight of the first 12 rounds? Just one. Funniest thing or best thing you saw? Us beating Essendon in our real jumper. That Definitely the highlight of the year. And the low light to um, getting smashed by the Bulldogs. That, and get, oh, getting smashed by the Scarman home on Friday night. Oh, that was awful. My highlight of, of the season so far has been the Great North uh, choke against Adelaide, I think. Um, Not even the West Coast one. Nat oh, look, I, I love the West Coast one, but I think I, I was at the game and I, I was enjoying the, you know, enjoying yeah. it so it much. For, no, that's right. Then relieving. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it, actually. Um, whereas the the Adelaide one for the second week in a row, and then then you know was actually getting into now choking is becoming a habit. I think that was that was my favourite part of the year so far in terms of in, in footy. I was in disbelief because I was watching that game on delay on um seven mates up here. North Melbourne four goals goals up, so I decided to try and log on to Big Footy, and I just realised I couldn't um, um go on, and I was just thinking, no way. I actually left the house because I thought like, ah, oh, you know, games over you know went for to the dog to the park and i came back and, and caught the last two minutes so i was so happy outstanding obviously the highlight for me the season right now is the hawks being on top of the afl ladder the vfl ladder and the reserves ladder having clearly the best youth better than geelong or better recruiters in geelong you know if it was not a hawthorne thing i'd have to say my highlight would definitely be brad scott's press conferences his meltdowns i love him my low light is ross Lyon football actually and i'm just terrified that he'll finally win a flag and just send us into another dark ages of defense Football. That would be that would be quite apt if Fremantle's only flag was regarded as the worst flag in the history of the game. <laughs> it would all be done legitimately, but it would still have an asterisk. You know, yeah, it would like... have an asterisk as, as in that no one watched the grand final. If no one watches it, did it really happen? Mine, as a Richmond supporter, would be round one beating Carlton. That had to happen. That set the season as it set the last three. As a neutral, Nat Nui, that finish was just extraordinary. And low light. I guess just how shit Melbourne are. It's kind of sad. Just one thing I want to mention is that if anyone has Fox footy or if you can track it down on YouTube Warwick Capra on open mic was just amazing I saw ads for it and I thought like oh that could be interesting what was it comical what I saw what? about 10 minutes Peter Knights couldn't coach pigs to be dirty was the best thing I heard out of it and just some of the things he said were absolutely amazing he wouldn't take any responsibility for his move to Brisbane blamed that all on his wife or his ex-wife it was fascinating some are fascinating because they're really interesting stories and it's kind of like you're like wow and this one was just looking at it and going this guy was you know, he's kind of cuckoo now and you wonder how much of it's true. Like, he's, he was paranoid that they would, would purposely not kick it to him at Brisbane because they were jealous he was on the most money. So cuckoo now as opposed to, like, cuckoo all along, do you think, maybe? I think it's got worse in his age, but yeah, just... I, I think he's desperate for more attention.
him now, I think. But I think the the, the, the thing about him is that he's, he's a wanker, but he's entertaining. You can take that away from him. Yeah, compa- essential viewing. Real quick, vlog of the week. Like, we couldn't agree on a, the one vlog, but we all, um, they all support the same team, so it has to be the Carlton fan base. Thread of the week. Black Flag's uh, backfire thread was is one that comes to comes to mind the quickest, I think. Uh, he can't watch his way out of that thread. Dan, just a shout-out to Penal Pavlich for the, the vlogcast video, which you'll be able to see on this. It'll be merged in at the start with the intro, put in a nice intro video, which was quite good. Quickly on the feedback, our f- poll from last week, for anyone who wants to know, is was um, are North more allergic to water or winning? With 21% of the vote, this is rounded, uh, water, 29% winning, and taking up 50% of the vote is Jack Watts is allergic to both. And overwhelming support two weeks ago for the poll, because we forgot to do it last week, how should the AFL fix the goal umpiring? Um, 61% of people thought we should bring in Sues. 6% said we scrapped the review entirely, and the rest said Jack Watts asks, why can't we have both? Next week's games, there's one I'm looking forward to. It may not be the one everyone else is, but Port versus Sydney. Tippett's first game for the Swans is going to be played in Adelaide. So I reckon the Crows fans might turn out in force, and Port, for the first time in a long time, won't need any bay covers. I think you, there'll be Crows fans bringing in, you know, like crates of rotten tomatoes, I think. You know, it's going to be that kind of spectacle. Belfer's pies? Oh, even better, you know. Hawthorne West Coast, the two of you, Cat Wrangler versus Duckula. Well, there, there, there's going to be plenty of ducking. I'll promise you that much. Both clubs pretty much expert at the ducking. Yeah, I've got to say, I'm, Puopolo's just basically hams with a hairier face in all honesty. <laughs> They're both like nuggety four-footers who like to push the shoulder up a little bit. When we play each other, it's like watching Lord of the Rings. They're just It's just like they're, you know, playing limbo. They just drop the knees without bending their backs and the arms go from their chest up to their heads. Except instead of going under the pole, you make sure you run right into it. Yeah, look, I don't know how those two guys manage to run so fast with their knees bent. Is there a secret science to it? I, I don't I know. Just... You've got to look at the size of those guys' thighs. They're like those Russian dancers that, you know, do the you know the dance when you, you just bend at your knees and you kick your legs forward. They've got so much strength in their thighs that they can keep a low centre of gravity and, and, you know, pull the free kicks in. It's all uh, it's all conditioning. People think it's a weak tactic, but there's a lot of work goes into it. Yeah, Lindsay Thomas needs to strengthen his thighs, I reckon, so he won't go to ground so easy. I always think of those ads, bend the knees, Katie, bend your knees. What is that ad? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no <laughs> idea. Uh, it's going to be fairly one way, and that's the Eagles dominating. No, I'm just being a dickhead. I think, uh, yeah. I think we all know the outcome of this game and hopefully for neutrals it's a bit closer than expected. Well, I'm going to go against you there. I'm going to say the Eagles have got some massive ins. The Hawks have been flat, seriously flat, and they're dual loss. And I don't know, I reckon the Eagles match up very well against this. Could be could be a shock. If Hawks have fast starts, which they have the past few times that they've played the Eagles, then it's Eagles playing catch-up footy, to, and which they have done for most of the year and it's just not working for them. They're not good enough to concede the first four goals or five goals and then come back in I think the one problem that the Eagles will have is that Eddie had, which is a very small ground and very wide, sort of, you know, it's nothing like Patterson's. But I really do think it's a tough one to pick. Maybe the Hawks just because it's in Melbourne. But If both teams were going in fully fit and in top form, I would say that would be the deciding factor. But I think Hawthorne are just playing better footy and Eagles aren't up to it at the moment. St Kilda Melbourne, this has an extra context for each team with Melbourne having just sacked their coach and St Kilda having the whole Milne controversy. That might make it more interesting than first thought because otherwise this would have been probably a disgrace oddly enough it feels like um, game of the round but game of the round for all the wrong reasons that makes sense both teams suck quite a bit triple fight I think Melbourne are actually a bit of a chance because any time a team loses a coach the players puts a bit of fear into them so they, they feel a need to impress again so I think they'll sort of lift a little Melbourne and I think St Kilda are definitely going to be on the back foot with the whole Milne being charged with wipe. yeah St Kilda will have to set up another moral victory Bulldogs Richmond look I'd expect to win this but this 
this is the equivalent of the Gold Coast game either last year or another game two years ago. Can't remember. Probably Gold Coast then as well. This is the one we lose. So I'm a little bit iffy, but other than that, I'm Dogs hoping the Bulldogs win because every time the Bulldogs win, it makes it slightly less embarrassing for us that round one game. Dogs can't kick a winning score against the Tigers. Tigers, easy. Fremantle, North Melbourne. I don't think even a North Melbourne choke would make this game interesting. I think it's going to be a choke, but a choke from the first bounce. The choke is the life being strangled out of the game, I think. Chris from Freo's game plan. I bet Brad Scott will try and outlaw Ross Lyons coaching in the post-match presser. He'll be on the phone to the geese at least during the week asking, you know, clarifying the rules, you know. I think this is the game of the round for me because this could end North. If they lose another close one, which it's pretty much sure to be close because it's Frio Ross Lyon football, it could really see another Brad Scott meltdown. So I'm excited. I think Frio by uh, less than a kick in my perfect world. Brisbane Geelong paddle pop. Well, I'm actually um, really looking forward to this game, even though I know we will get smashed. It'll be nice just to see a really good team just running around the Lions aren't going to provide it. I think the Cats will troll you for about two and a half quarters and then they'll uh, put the foot down on the accelerator and put away 10 goals, the next 10 goals, and win easily. Also, there's obviously teams with the buy this week. It's good to see Essendon have the buy. Everyone can get used to an AFL competition without Essendon this week. This is what it's going to be like, people. I think that is everything. Anyway, this was the logcast for round 13 of the 2013 season. Fifey joined once again by the Cat Wrangler. Thanks, fellas. Have a great week. See you next week. Paddle pop. Bye. And Duck. Thanks for having me.